You're listening to a Roddenberry podcast. Alamarine! <laughs> uh, good afternoon and welcome to This Week in Your Daily Star Trek News. Today is Saturday, November 6th, 2021. Coming up on the show today, Paramount CEO Brian Robbins and Star Trek boss Alex Kurtzman lay out their plans for an animated Star Trek movie, maybe. Uh, a Voyager fan wows producers with his ready room. Marina Sirtis reminisces about her late husband and the support of her TNG castmates. And I'm letting you in on uh, the latest with my interview with Brian Volkweis, director of the new docuseries, The Center Seat. My name is Allison Pitt, and this show is supported by people like you through Patreon. Find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Now, I would like to invite you to come and join us on the live stream recording if you are uh, not already watching us live. Um, we do this every Saturday at 2 p.m. over on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, so I do the, the news and then we go into a little bit of show and tell and then we cover the results of this week's poll, which I will tell you about in a second. Uh, but before we get there, I just want to remind you that all of the news stories that I'm talking about today are live on our website at dailystartreknews.com and more. Uh, we've got links to all the original sources. We've got more pictures and videos. Uh, also, this week's events listing is on there. So go and check that out. It's dailystartreknews.com. So I promised you a poll. Uh, if you were watching me live, uh, it's in the chat. So please uh, check that out. Uh, today's poll is, if you were a member of the Enterprise Bridge Crew, which seat would you want? Uh, and your options are navigation, uh, sciences, tactical, or the big one, the center seat. Uh, so there's a poll, like I said, here in the live stream chat. Also, you can go over on Twitter, that's live now, and that'll run for a day, so you can go and vote there as well. Uh, the Twitter account is at Daily Trek News, not Daily Star Trek News, Daily Trek News. Uh, so go and uh, check that out. Great. Uh, let's go ahead and get started with the news. and. Before uh, we get into the news, um, so this week was a little bit of a, a difficult week uh, on Daily Star Trek News. Um, those of you who subscribe to the newsletter will have noted that it was a little bit of a, a, an obituary heavy week. We published four obituaries this week from members of the Star Trek family, and that's not a, not a fun position that we uh, choose to be in, um, but there it is. Uh, last week on this show, I told you about uh, Jan Chutan Levinson and Camille Saviola, who passed away uh, last week. Um, and this week, it's uh, Richard Evans and William Lucking. Um, Richard Evans, uh, you might remember, he was um, uh, 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 it was in the episode Patterns of Force in the original series, and he played Isaac. He was a Xeon underground member who helps uh, Kirk and Spock out. Uh, that was reported by The Hollywood Reporter. He died of cancer at the age of 86. Um, you might have recognized him from other things. <laughs> he was also in things like The Wagon Train, not The Wagon Train, Wagon Train, Peyton Place, uh, Dirty Little Billy, um, Al Alfred Hitchcock Presents, and he was also in Gunsmoke. Uh, you can find out more about him and read his uh, official obituary over on uh, hollywoodreporter.com. Uh, next up is William Lucking, who um, was a both a Deep Space Nine and Enterprise guest star, and he was also on Sons of Anarchy and a couple of other things that you might recognize him from. Um, 
let's see, that was reported on Facebook by a family friend. Um, he died at the age of 80. Um, I don't think we have uh, details on uh, the cause of death. Um, so William Lucking, uh, in, uh, in Star Trek, in Deep Space Nine, he was, I'm trying to find the name, uh, Pharrell? Yes, Pharrell. He was a Bajoran leader in three Deep Space Nine episodes, um, uh, talking about the Bajoran, uh, the Cardassian occupation of Bajor. Uh, he also played on Enterprise an Orion privateer called Harad Sar, um, and that was in the fourth season episode, Bound. Uh, other television credits that he had uh, were uh, classic shows, Mission Impossible, Gunsmoke, Incredible Hulk. He was in The X-Files. He was also in William Shatner's <laughs> famous show, TJ Hooker. Um, and probably most recently, most people will recognize him from Sons of Anarchy on FX. So uh, please join me and everyone else at Daily Star Trek News in sending condolences to the families of Richard Evans and William Lucking. Um, yeah, it's a difficult week. Okay, so um, let's get on to talking about Star Trek news. And, and, you know, probably the biggest story in Star Trek right now is the success of animation in Star Trek. Um, the animated series, the, the one from the 1970s, um, has always been sort of the uh, the little baby of the family. It often gets overlooked. There's even um, debate over whether it counts as canon or not, if you are into those sorts of debates. But uh, most people cannot deny the success of the current animated shows and the rate at which they're growing. So Star Trek Lower Decks has just completed its second season, and we've just started Star Trek Prodigy. Um, uh, episode 3 aired this week in the U.S. and Canada, and uh, there is a lot of buzz around Star Trek animation. And uh, a good example of that is that there was an interview this week in The Hollywood Reporter talking to Alex Kurtzman, who, as you all know, is the sort of the head guy for Star Trek, but also the new Paramount CEO, Brian Robbins. Who, and we talked a little bit about him a few weeks ago because uh, Ramsey Naito, who is the head of uh, Nickelodeon Animation, has now expanded to also become head of Paramount Animation, a.k.a. Animated Films. And she was one of the people who helped get Star Trek Prodigy onto air. And of course, Prodigy has now become a vehicle for Paramount+. Plus. And uh, at the time, we speculated a little bit, me particularly, about whether that was an indicator that we might be looking at a Star Trek animated movie. Uh, and there are signs now that that might actually come to fruition. So this, um, excuse me, this our, um, interview between uh, The Hollywood Reporter and uh, Brian Robbins, again, he's the Paramount Pictures CEO and Alex Kurtzman, they talk specifically about animated movies uh, in the Star Trek franchise. And um, <clears throat> Brian Robbins, he's quoted as saying, uh, uh, regarding Prodigy, to be honest, we've talked about it as a theatrical movie. Uh, Alex Kurtzman talked about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse as a great example of how um, an animated film can have a broad appeal. And uh, what he said about uh, the, the, <laughs> the, the potential appeal of a prodigy, prodigy film or other animated film, he said, ultimately, Star Trek is about family. It's about these giant universal themes and getting to tell a story like that, especially given the level of cinema that we've already brought to the television show. It's a wonderful opportunity and it would thrill me. 
to do that. So, um, you know, they are explicitly talking about um, doing a, a Star Trek movie. Uh, they have not announced that anything is particularly in the works, but it's something that they are talking about. Elsewhere in the article, they talked specifically about discussing an animated film with Ramsey Naito, of course. Um, so watch this space. Uh, just because they said that in an article does not mean that it's ever going to come to fruition. However, um, those uh, these people are the heads of Paramount Pictures and of the Star Trek franchise. So certainly the signs are there that it might be something that we could be looking forward to in the future, especially if Prodigy um, ends up being a, a good driver for Paramount and for Star Trek. So like I said, watch this space. Um, the whole article is actually really good with the two of them. Um, go and check that out at hollywoodreporter.com uh, and uh, let me know what you think. We actually, we did the poll here on this show a few weeks back talking about would you see an animated Star Trek film and generally speaking most people said yes, although <laughs> you're all watching a Star Trek podcast so uh, maybe you're primed to say yes to that. Uh, but I think the audience is there and we'll have to wait and see what they say. All right. So, uh, changing tack completely. So we're going from the new future of Star Trek and we're actually looking back into the past and something really fun that happened this week uh, was that a, <laughs> a Voyager's couch happened. I'll just say that, Voyager's couch happened. Um, so, and it, it, why, why, why does anybody care about some random person's couch? Uh, well, it's because I think it took the internet by surprise and it certainly caught the eye of people like Mike McMahon. Um, and they, Kevin and Dan Hageman also weighed in on this, that they were just amazed at the level of commitment to the fandom. So what happened? Uh, so somebody called Captain Jeremiah um, on Twitter posted a picture of his ready room. He said, a glimpse inside my ready room. And he, and he tagged a bunch of people in it. Um, and he's an ultra Voyager fan and he showed some pictures there. And uh, somebody else replied to him and said, uh, knowing you're a huge Janeway fan, did you intentionally choose a couch that's very similar to her ready room couch? And Jeremiah, in response, said, I actually purchased the couch from her ready room. And it's still, he showed a picture and it actually still has the, uh, the, the, the tags on the little pieces of tape that explain that it's from uh, uh, Voyager and it's, uh, which pieces they're from. And it's great. Um, I, it caught the attention. So, uh, so Michael Shabon said that he said, <laughs> um, he said he he weighed in on it and, and said that it was great. Um, Star Trek Lower Decks showrunner Mike McMahon, um, <laughs> who was talking about, I wish I drunkenly purchased stuff like this. Picard's lionfish tank shows up your front door and you have zero memory of bidding on it. Uh, Star Trek Prodigy creators, like I said, Kevin and Dan Hageman weighed in as well. They just said, wow. Um, so well done to Jeremiah for uh, acquiring that. Uh, let's see if it says... Um, yeah, he purchased it from one of these uh, memorabilia auctions that comes up from time to time. We cover them on this show. Uh, and it's certainly, you know, an amazing addition to the collection and, you know, has commanded a little bit of respect from actual Star Trek producers. So well done to him. Go and check that out. Like I said at the top of the show, uh, all the stories like this, including all the pictures and links to the original sources, are on DailyStarTrekNews.com. Right. So, okay, so we're going to... 
changed tone a little bit and uh, it was a story that I wasn't really sure that I was going to do, uh, but then I decided to. Um, and uh, sorry, I'm not going to take credit. David, wrote, David Powell wrote this up for me. So Marina Sirtis, as you know, has moved back to the UK. Uh, we covered that story several months ago. And um, at the time she was talking about, you know, the, the better opportunities for her in the UK. She's a UK citizen. Uh, but she's been sort of doing the rounds of a number of newspapers and other outlets out there. And uh, one of the um, uh, one of the outlets that she has been talking to, she had an in exclusive interview uh, with the Daily Express uh, last week. And uh, they they had a really trashy headline, um, but the 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 gist of the article was a lot about her reminiscing about her late husband and talking about what she went through when he passed away in 2019. Um, and um, it, it it's it's the first time that I'm aware of that she actually explicitly acknowledges that part of the reason that she moved from LA to um, back back to the UK was was because of the loss of her husband, and so that was really sad. Um, she did talk in the article, in the interview, about the fact that her Star Trek The Next Generation castmates were really there for her and supported her when it was really difficult. So that was wonderful to hear. Um, and she actually um, had some funny stories to tell about her late husband as well. Um, it's part of the trashy headline. So I, you know, I'm not going to go into it too much. If you're, if you're a fan of Marina Sirtis, which I am a huge fan of hers, um, go and read the article and it will give you some insight into where she's at at the moment. Um, and that, that whole thing is over on express.co.uk and um, they also have a lot of uh, really nice pictures of her uh, and her late husband uh, if, if you'd like to go and, and see all that. So that's there. Uh, and then finally today, I just wanted to kind of talk to you guys about the center seat. So uh, uh, it was kind of a bonus episode this week for everybody. Uh, I had the opportunity last week to uh, talk to the director of the show, uh, Brian Volk Weiss. He's the founder and CEO of the Nacelle Company, which we have talked about on this show before. Um, and um, the documentary has just premiered uh, yesterday on the History Channel. So um, I've seen the first first episode and I think it's wonderful. It, it's the, um, so if, for those of you who haven't heard of The Center Seat, it's a, it's a new 10-part docu-series that's out on the History Channel. It's airing Friday at 10 p.m. Uh, Eastern and Pacific time. Uh, each of the each of the episodes is a different sort of chapter in um, Star Trek history, and it's kind of laid out like um, you can't see it, but my computer here is on top of a stack of these are the voyages. Uh, it's kind of laid out uh, like one of the classic um, Star Trek um, history books, right, with chapters. The first chapter, uh, the first episode, is all about uh, Lucille Ball and Gene Roddenberry and how. Um, it, how Lucille Ball's history directly fed into Star Trek getting made on television and all of the, um, the difficulties they had and all the choices that they had to make getting it onto the air. It's an hour long. It's really, really good. Uh, the four, first four episodes are going to be on the History Channel, and then it's moving over to History Vault. I've been looking for a place that you can stream it now, so I'll, I'll let you know when I find that. Um, but uh, if you have access to the History Channel on your cable, I would highly, highly recommend tuning in and watching it. 
Um, and if you haven't yet watched the interview that I did with Brian Volk Weiss, please go and watch that too. So um, I know that one of the common criticisms lately for some Star Trek things is that there are people who are trying to uh, market to Star Trek fans, but maybe they're not, they don't, maybe they don't get it as Star Trek fans. And um, Brian Volkweiss absolutely gets it. He's like a Trekkies Trekkie. There's, um, there's so much that you're going to have in common with him. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and we talk about his history and how he came to Star Trek. We do his Star Trek story. Uh, and then we also just talk about, you know, how did his company come to be and how did he get to this place where he's making a Star Trek docuseries. Um, so yeah, go check that out. Uh, it's up, that's up on the YouTube channel right now, youtube.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, the audio of that is also in the feed in the podcast feed. And there's a transcript up too. So if you would prefer to skip all the chatting and go straight to the to the words, you can do that too. That that transcript's up on dailystartreknews.com. So, right. So that's that. Uh, and that's really it for the news today. Um, I know it's a short one. You know, we're sort of in a lull at the moment, and and uh, so we'll see what happens now. I say we're in a lull. We're not really in a lull, though, because uh, Prodigy Episode 3 just came out. Prodigy Episode 4 is coming out. And we are less than... What day? Today is the 6th. We are less than two weeks away from the premiere of Star Trek Discovery Season 4. Um, we've uh, there. Uh, if you have seen uh, SFX Magazine, there are a lot of new pictures from there. Uh, I haven't seen you know the official promo footage and stuff yet. Uh, we'll make sure we publish that as soon as we do. Uh, but yeah, uh, Discovery Season 4. There's going to be several weeks this fall where we have two brand new Star Trek shows streaming at the same time. It's quite a time to be a Star Trek fan. <laughs> anyway, okay, so that's the big news this week. Um, coming up uh, in just a second, we're going to have show and tell, and we're going to talk about the this week's polls, and I'll take your questions in the chat. Uh, I do just want to remind you that this show and everything around it, so all of the, the website, the newsletter, uh, all the social media, everything that we do is supported by our Patreon supporters. Uh, if you would like to help out and support the show as well, you can check us out at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. You can support us from just a dollar a month and there's a discount on a full year's membership. So uh, you can actually support us for a whole year for just about $10. Um, and we'd really appreciate uh, you considering uh, supporting us through that way. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, another way you can support the show is if you haven't signed up for Paramount Plus, if you are waiting for Prodigy, or if you're about to sign up for uh, Discovery Season 4, uh, if you do that through our affiliate link, then you can then we get a small commission off of that. Uh, if you go to dailystartreknews.com forward slash Paramount Plus, that's Paramount P-L-U-S, uh, the details are all in there. Uh, you can check that out too. Um, and finally, just before I get into show and tell, don't forget there is a poll in the chat. I want to know uh, what you guys think. Uh, today's poll question is, uh, if you were a member of the Enterprise Bridge Crew, which seat would you want? And your choices are uh, navigation, science, tactical, or the big one, the center seat. Um, Personally, I don't know that I'd want to be a member of the bridge crew. We've covered this before. Um, I'm, I'm more of a more of a support staff, like maybe engineering. Um, you know, cetacean ops is really awesome, although those guys are a little mouthy. Um, but you know, whatever. Uh, 
So anyway, on to show and tell. And this is my favorite one. Well, I don't say it's my favorite. Really, I should say that my favorite part of the show is the news, since that's kind of the bread and butter of what we do. But you know, it is pretty good. Um, but I really love show and tell. And uh, last week, we had a couple people send in pictures of stuff. Please send in pictures because I love to see it. Um, this segment is all about the stuff that we sort of accumulate over time. And, you know, sometimes it's stuff that people have sent me to review, fine. Um, but then sometimes it's just stuff that, you know, I have fun, amazing stories about. We, as fans, we fill our lives with Star Trek stuff and it comes from odd places and I just enjoy sharing it. So I hope you do too. So, uh, this week's show and tell <laughs> is a broken mug. Um, and I will show it to you here. So, uh, this is it. It's my, um, trying to make sure that you can see it. Sorry, the light's a bit funny. Star Trek The Next Generation on one side, and it's the United Federation of Planets on the other side. Now, the story behind this bad boy is that um, I got this from Destination Star Trek uh, in not London, but Birmingham in 2016. And it was, um, this was the last uh, Star Trek convention that I went to before I moved back out of the UK. Uh, I took my son <laughs> uh, and it was a tremendous amount of fun because my son, uh, if you've seen pictures around, my son is sort of tall, skinny, blonde, British guy, looks spitting image of the, the like, um, Jean-Luc Picard from Rascals. It was wonderful. So I dressed him up. I made him dress up as Picard. <laughs> Poor child. Um, <clears throat> anyway, uh, because it was, I knew it was going to be my last one before I left the UK, I wanted to get something that I could take with me and, and a proper souvenir. And I'm not super into t-shirts and stuff. So I found uh, this mug and it's fantastic. Uh, and I can no longer use it as a mug because um, I dropped it and I broke it. But I put it on my desk now. Uh, it usually has some, you know, a pen in there. Um, some other fun things that it has in here. Um, <clears throat> those of you who have been watching this show, this live stream for a long time, um, when I was doing the live stream on, I think it was a Friday afternoon last year, this was my <laughs> lost in space mission log that's got all of my notes um, from the old live stream in there. This was a gift to me from um, one of my former co-hosts at Priority One, Tony. Uh, he sent that through to me uh, because one of our Patreon special um, sessions, we did a we did a, a review series of Lost in Space, which um, I didn't like that much. <laughs> so he sent me this one as uh, this little notebook, this Lost in Space notebook. Um, I ended up liking it towards the end of the series, but it was sort of a connection that we had. Um, and then I've also got... <laughs> I've got my little pocket constitution. Uh, this is uh, this this I picked up at a a town hall for Katie Porter. Um, she's my representative here in California, um, and so I keep that on my desk, you know, for reference. Especially if I like want to get into a Twitter fight or something, it's a handy reference. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, there's my show and tell for this week. Is my beloved. Um, Star Trek The Next Generation mug that is broken that I can't bear to get rid of. So there you go. So we've got, it, it, like I said before, if you guys have a show and tell that you, um, that just th that thing that you have that you love that maybe has no value, it just, 
um, means something to you, I would love to see it. That actually reminds me. So uh, one of the things that we talk about, if you if you go and watch the interview that I did with Brian Volkweiss, <laughs> so I like I generally think like we've got a good, pretty good collection of collectible stuff here. This man has literally a whole wall of toys and collectibles and things behind him. So I put him on the spot and I asked him what his favorite of all of his collectibles was. Um, and the answer will surprise you. Um, or maybe it won't. I don't know. Uh, go and go and check that out. It was almost like a, like a miniature uh, show and tell that I did with him. Uh, and it was a tremendous amount of fun. Anyway, so what I, what I mean is send me, send me your pictures. I'll give you a shout out on the show. Um, and I'll, I'll even be happy to share it from our, um, from our social media accounts if you would like me to. I won't do that unless you unless you tell me you want to, but yeah, I'd love to see the stuff that you guys have. Right, okay, so we're sort of nearing-ish the end of the show. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and give you guys uh, another few minutes to, to um, put your uh, vote in for the poll, if you haven't already, and I'm gonna spend a little bit of time uh, saying hello to some people. Uh, hello to everybody in the chat. Thank you guys for, for, for coming. I love seeing your faces. And there's some uh, names in here, obviously familiar names, because you guys know each other from every week. Um, and there's some new ones. Uh, uh, Katie Fulfer, I recognize your name. Um, and hi, she says, hi, everyone. It's my first time tuning in live. So welcome, Katie. I'm glad that you're here. Um, let's see what else we got. I'm scrolling up to the top. <laughs> we open the show on Ala Moraine, BC. Thank you very much. Um, I actually, I love that episode. I forget what it's called. Um, Move Along Home. I absolutely love that episode. Then again, I have really strange tastes in, um, in Star Trek episodes that I love. And the ones that are super weird, like Move Along Home, are uh, some of my favorites. So, I don't know. Is there... Uh, does anybody else like Al Moraine? Uh, not Al Moraine, uh, Move Along Home. I don't know. So, uh, hello to Anne. Hello to Wardogheim, Peter, Paul, Christoph. Ah, Christoph, who says he's already in London. Oh, Christoph, I'm so jealous. I am so jealous. Uh, Destination Star Trek London was my first, uh, was my very, very, very first Star Trek convention in 2014. And I just have such a such fondness for it because it was held at the Excel Center. I don't know if it's still there, but the Excel Center was built for the London Olympics, uh, which I also was fortunate enough to go to. And um, it was one of those places that like where it was, I could drive in and we parked there and I took the kids and it was just an, an, a whole magical place. So I really hope you enjoy that the whole thing. It's just uh, it's such a it's such a wonderful convention, such a wonderful convention. Um, Try not to miss anybody here. Tim, did I say Paul? Hi. BC has made a wonderful comment uh, with regards to animation. It would be wonderful to see an animated Chekhov with Walter Koenig doing the voice since he missed out on the animated series. Um, yeah, I agree. <clears throat> I have such respect for uh, Walter Koenig. For those of you who don't know the story, uh, I'm probably gonna butcher it, but basically everybody got brought back for the animated series except for Walter Koenig because they didn't have the budget. 
He did get to um, he did get to write one of the episodes, though, if I recall correctly. So, yeah. So Anne says, <clears throat> excuse me, talk about purchasing what you love. The biggest Star Trek purchases I've made were audiobooks and does a subscription to Paramount Plus so I can watch it count, count as a Star Trek related purchase. Uh, yes, uh, I absolutely believe that <laughs> a subscription to Paramount Plus counts as a Star Trek related purchase. It's a little hard to do in a show and tell, but you know. So uh, if you guys didn't hear the news that didn't make it this week, we'll probably do an article this, uh, this coming week because we didn't get to it last week. Um, all 13 Star Trek films are on Paramount+. Plus. Um, I think that may be the first time that all 13 films have been in the same streaming service at the same time. I think. Check me on that. Regardless, I know that fans have been absolutely screaming for that forever. Like, how can they call it the home of Star Trek if they haven't got um, the movies? Um, I think that's a little bit of a nuanced criticism because uh, streaming services are weird right now. Regardless, I'm really, really pleased to see them all together. And it really, really is now totally the home of Star Trek is Paramount+. And I cannot wait for them to expand globally it's happening and it cannot happen fast enough. We'll get there. Um, anyway, yes, they're, they're all on there and you can watch them all, so. Oh, uh, going back to animated, Peter H says in the chat, another similar idea I hope they do one day is have the lower decks the Lower Deckers somehow get transported to a live-action universe and the actors would play themselves in live-action form. I feel like... I feel like some... Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? I was like, I feel like we've done this before, not, uh, not Star Trek. You know who did this but the other way around is um, Community. <laughs> That's one of my one of my favorite sitcoms. Uh, in Community, they, ha they have actually a few uh, claymation or animated episodes. That would be wonderful. I would, I think that would be really, really great. And, you know, they've set up uh, particularly lower decks, but sort of the broader Star Trek universe. You can do that. Why not? Call it a, call it a spatial anomaly. They get um, squished into two dimensions or something. Anyway. Peter also says, I hope they release the center seat on DVD or Blu-ray one day. I do too, actually. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I've actually had difficulty watching it. So I forgot that it's like on television. So I went to go and, and look at the History Channel yesterday. And of course, it wasn't on until 10 o'clock uh, Pacific time. So I, I didn't have a chance to watch it yesterday. Uh, after this, I'm going to go and check it out and see whether you can see it on the vault immediately or whether it has to wait. I'm not sure because I want everyone to watch this show. I think it's going to be really good. Um, if you guys watch the toys that made us or the movies that made us, uh, if you watched the 50th anniversary uh, documentary movie, that's the same production company. Um, it's, you know, it's the new fresh take. They've got some great interviews in there and I can't recommend it enough. So anyway. Um, <clears throat> 
So this, there's an interesting comment here from Tim in the chat. He says, it will be a mistake to have two Star Trek shows overlapping each other. One should follow on immediately after the other concludes its season. And I disagree with that. Um, so one of the things that we've been watching happen in streaming is that um, streaming companies are taking this opportunity while the pandemic is still kind of happening. They're, they're experimenting. And we saw this uh, prime example is uh, Black Widow versus Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings. Uh, one went for um, simultaneous theatrical and streaming release. One went with theatrical only. They're basically A-B testing. If you've done any kind of marketing, you can see that. So far, the strategy in streaming in Star Trek has been a like a consecutive productions, tentpole events with um, breaks in between. That has been working. Obviously, Star Trek is you know growing rapidly, and it's <laughs> it's it's. I mean, Prodigy is trending. Lower Decks gets trending now, um, but. I think it behooves them as a commercial company to uh, experiment. And the one thing that they have not done yet so far, not, not since Paramount Plus CBS All Access has existed, is simultaneously run two Star Trek series at the same time. Now, I think this is actually a really great opportunity for them because Prodigy and Discovery, um, outside of the Star Trek fandom, have really, really different audiences, right? So Prodigy is really aimed towards children. Discovery is very, very aimed towards adults. Um, so this is a great opportunity for them to see whether they can hold two at the same time. I don't know what they'll do with that information. I don't know whether it will be a success. I know that those of us who make Star Trek content are going to be losing our minds for like six weeks while, while, while there's, what is it? It's going to be like an hour and a half of Star Trek content on every week. Um, shout out to anybody doing a review show because they will not have a social life. But um, I, think there's not, I think now is the absolute perfect time to do it. So I, I got to say I disagree with you on that one. So, let's see. Oh yeah, okay, Katie Fulfer, she agrees with me. Um, oh, not Katie, um, below Katie. Katie says, my heart wants to be navigation, but I know my strengths. <laughs> Paul underneath that says, I'd rather run engineering. So I'm, 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 I'm you, I'm outside of the bridge crew. Um, Where we got? Oh, hey, look, I've got my first like uh, spammy, terrible person in chat. Sorry, guys. I'll try to get rid of that person. Yay. Um, so this is an interesting question. And Anne, I'm going to have to have you on the show at some point because I would like to have this discussion with you. Uh, Anne says in the chat, my question is, what can a blind person do on a starship? I'm not sure I'm okay with the idea that the Federation has cured blindness. I'd say find a place for us. I think this is a really common, and I can't say anything because I'm not blind. <laughs> um, I am not disabled. I am able-bodied, you know, uh, so I, I don't feel as though I can comment. Uh, but I think that's a totally valid um, discussion to have because is it ableist to 
uh, assert that by the 24th century that the that the Federation has cured all forms of disability. Um, I think that's a problematic assertion, personally. Uh, I do think that there should be places for people who are blind on a starship. Uh, I don't know what that would be. Um, are there you know, are there displays, especially when we get to the discovery with the movable matter stuff, why should you have to be able to see to be able to operate one of the consoles because they're tactile? I, I don't know. I'd love to have that discussion with you. Um, okay. You guys are chatting a lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, stupid spammers. Guys, this is like actually, okay, I'm not, I'm not inviting spammers, but you know, you, you kind of, you got to feel like you made it a little bit, right? <laughs> you track the attention of spammers. Uh, but also, uh, uh, YouTube is generally pretty good at um, allowing me to block them. There are a lot of things that come in the comments that you guys don't ever see. So, yeah. Uh, okay, so I'm going to take maybe a couple more questions. Um, let's see. Uh, right. I, so Paul asked, what is History Vault? And Stephen, you already answered it. History Vault is their uh, premium streaming service. So it's around, you know, like most other sort of uh, OTT services over the top. Um, it's about, I think it's four ninety nine a month. Uh, it's a month's free trial or a week's free trial. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but if you go to history.com, I believe, they'll give you information on it. Uh, there is a separate... Um, I use Apple TV. On Apple TV, you can get the History Channel app. You can also get a History Vault app. They're separate. Um, and theoretically, it should be the place that you should be able to stream. Like, I know that um, the other... The William Shatner... Uh, docu-series the the unexplained that's on history vault you can watch that and they have a whole bunch of other stuff on there so go check that out um yeah uh and and yes uh email me right so right i'm i'm ending the poll i'm doing it and um i'm also going to check in with how things are going on twitter because this i always find it interesting so so I find that audiences on like Twitter versus YouTube versus Facebook versus Instagram, they're all different. Um, I'd be curious to know if any of you actually follow me on multiple platforms, I'd be curious. But in my experience, people like pick one and stick with it. So the results of the polls end up sometimes being pretty different. Um, so, okay. Uh, over on Twitter, which of course is continuing and it'll go for another 23 hours, it's going to go overnight. Currently, um, we have, uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny actually, uh, so in the lead, uh, so if you were a member of the Enterprise Bridge crew, which seat would you want? In the lead is Science with 50%. I wonder if that's a Spock homage. Um, second place is Tactical with 37.5%, uh, followed by Navigation uh, in third place. And the center seat is zero. No one wants to be the captain. Which I find really strange. Um, but what have we got here? Um, and uh, totally different here in the chat. So um, 
Huh, that's really interesting. So uh, in both polls, science comes in top. The one here, science comes in at 37%. Oh, it's tied, tied with the center seat. Um, and navigation and tactical are actually tied for third place. Is that how that works? Uh, with 12% each. I'm, I, I'm curious, if you said science, why did you say science? Is it just because of the Spock Association? Or is it just that you're super into science? Um, if I had to choose... Uh, ooh. Uh, I think I'd get too nervous and I'd, I'd press the wrong button if I was at tactical. That would make me nervous. I'd probably stick to navigation. The thing is, in theory, when I'm thinking about it ahead of time, I would not want to sit in the center seat. Although I can tell you from experience, <laughs> probably what would happen is that I'd get annoyed with whoever was the captain and then uh, commit mutiny and kick them out and then take over because that's probably what I would do. So I probably should just go ahead and say the center seat. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, so let's see. Uh, Paul says, I can't believe you scientists don't want to be in the center seat. Um, Uh, Paul writes a tactical would have been a second choice and Peter says I choose science because I'm interested in science that is totally legit I you know I, I understand that you know Star Trek fans sometimes are into science um, how about Prodigy by the way I know not everybody has seen it but there is some good science in Prodigy this week and I am so pleased because you know, sometimes we get into pseudoscience more in Star Trek, and there's like actual stellar mechanics going on in Prodigy this week. It's just such a good show. Ah, right. Okay. Um, that's all I've got for today, everybody. Uh, thank you very much for, for tuning in. It's wonderful to see some familiar faces in the chat as per usual. Um, We'll be back next week uh, at 2 p.m. on Saturday, hopefully. It should be totally normal. Right, so like I said, that's it for this week and Daily Star Trek News. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for saying hi in the chat if you're here live. Uh, just a reminder that if you are listening to this on the podcast or if you're watching it back, uh, you should come and join us live on YouTube uh, for extra chat, extra fun, uh, including that uh, the, the, the show and tell segment where you can actually you know see what's going on. Uh, also a reminder that you can find all of this week's stories, including the ones that I've covered and a whole bunch of more stuff. Uh, we also cover the, um, the original sources. We've got more pictures and videos. All of that is on dailystartreknews.com and I'll put some links in show notes as well for this episode. If you are missing the daily fix of Daily Star Trek News, please make sure that you're signed up for the Daily Star Trek newsletter. You can do that at dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. Uh, we don't take any of your personal information and we just deliver you the news every day. So uh, uh, sign up for that. Um, like I said, dailystartreknews.com forward slash contact. Uh, once again, thank you for listening. This show is produced by me, Allison Pitt. Uh, all the stories here are written by Chris Peterson, Marina Kravchuk, Jack Brown, T. Rick Jones, and David Powell. And today's show is supported by people like you through Patreon. You can find out more on how to add your support at patreon.com forward slash daily Star Trek news. Uh, I will be back next week. Same Star Trek. T
time steamed <laughs> Star Trek channel uh, with all of the Star Trek news you need to know and a whole bunch of other stuff too. Uh, I will see you then. Have a good weekend. I'm Allison Pitt. Live long and prosper. This is a Roddenberry podcast. For more great podcasts, visit podcast.roddenberry.com.